This is the All About 80s Music Podcast with John Mysick and Steve Ojello. Hey, this is Steve Ojello, and I'm here with John Mysick. Hey, Steve. Hey, John. Today, John and I babble on and on about one of our favorite bands as we shine the spotlight on Squeeze. Join us as we examine some of the best songs of the greatest decade by this very powerful pop group. This is going to be a lot of fun, so let's not waste any time and get right into it. So, John, today we get to discuss Squeeze for the entire episode, a band that boasts a strong catalog of songs that are both infectiously catchy as they are introspectively deep. Before we dive into our favorite songs, I'd love to hear your initial thoughts on this band, because I know you have a lot to say about them. Steve, it is hard for me to overstate my affection for this band. Formed in 1974 in South London in Deptford, formed around the songwriting nucleus of lyricist Chris Difford and guitarist Glenn Tilbrook. This is a band, Steve, that has gone through permutations in lineups, permutations in sounds, split apart, recombined, and 50 years later is still going strong and still out there touring and still writing new music. For me, on on so many levels, I can tie Squeeze records to specific parts of my life. I can think of Squeeze songs that remind me of specific moments from my young adulthood into well into my middle age. You know, it's a rare feeling I think, Steve, when songs sort of work their way under your skin like that, and certainly Different and Tilburg are two songwriters who know their way around a tune and have a way with a lyric and a melody. So what's the first song on your list by this great band? Steve, I'm going with Up the Junction off the Cool for Cats LP, a masterclass in lyric writing by Chris Difford, a tale of a young man who meets a girl. He never thought it would happen with a girl from Clapham. They fall in love. He gets a job. She gets pregnant. He falls into the grip of gambling and vice. Their daughter is born, and then she's two years older, and her mother's with a soldier. And then he finds uh, he's really up the junction. A kitchen sink drama in three minutes. The great thing about this song, Steve, is there is no chorus. If you listen closely, there is no chorus. It's verse after verse after verse. The binding material there is that uh, unforgettable keyboard hook played by Jules Holland uh, that appears at the beginning of the song and and appears at the end of the song. It's the name of a collection of short stories by the author Neil Dunn, first published in 1963. Uh, Difference said the title phrase was lifted from a 1965 TV play version of the work uh, directed by Ken Loach and the subsequent 1968 movie version. One of the band's best love songs hit number two on the uh, UK singles chart upon its release uh, remains a concert constant and uh, you're pretty much guaranteed to see it in every squeeze show. And I would say this is one of the songs that's a squeeze favorite with fans across the board. And are you saying that this is not an autobiographical Chris Differ lyric? That is according to the uh, to the history. And Glenn said the lyric was a song that had no obvious repeats, and I thought it read perfectly as it was. He was thinking of something like Dylan's Positively Fourth Street as a template when he wrote the music. He wrote the music one lunchtime when someone had run out to get their traditional ham and cheese rolls. So it was a lyric that different handed to him. Tilburg hammered out the music, and we have, again, Steve, this three-minute pop gem. I've tried to play it on guitar down the years, an easy E major and A major on the verses, switching to this fun little C-sharp minor chord. Things get a little tricky in the bridge with a fistful of minor chords. Amy Mann, who toured with the band in, I think, 1994 on an unplugged chord and did some recording with them as well, used to talk about how difficult some of Glenn Tilburg's 
songs were to play. She said, quote, they had a fistful of chords. And having taken a run at some of Tilbrook's songs on guitar, I can attest to the accuracy of, uh, of man's comments. I believe that the very first line of this song is actually the title of Difford's podcast. I never thought oh. it would happen. Oh, wow. <laughs> did you catch that? I, I did not know that was the title of Christopher's podcast. It makes perfect sense. You know what's funny? What you said about there not being a chorus. It doesn't have a chorus, but it really doesn't need one, which is atypical for a pop song. And somehow they pull it off. Yeah, again, the, the binding material there is Jules Holland, keyboard riff. You get that interesting twist in the middle of it with that sort of minor key middle eight that Glenn Tilburg is just a master at writing. I tried this trick myself uh, on a song called Headprint on a Pillow uh, with my old band Milkshake Jones, where the binding material was a guitar riff and motifs that appeared throughout the song. It's just a really w interesting way to approach pop songwriting, because traditionally, Steve, as we know, the thing that keeps people coming back to a song is the chorus, and in our algorithm-driven age, so many songs now start with the chorus, so the, the hook wedges its way into people's heads, but this is a song that has stood the test of time with a very unconventional song structure. Steve, your number one pick. So, do you remember when we were kids, there was that phrase that was pretty popular, this man needs no introduction. Yes. Well, this song needs no introduction, and as a matter of fact, it has no introduction. It's such a great song, they get right to it. Of course, Mysick, I'm talking about pulling muscles from a shell. So in various podcasts, I've called out specific songs as being some of the best songs of the 80s, but this is definitely one of the best songs of all time. Perhaps even the best song of all time. Hey, Steve, this is a song that entirely took a life of its own. It came from the band's 1980 album, Argy Bargy. Uh, received critical positive reviews, but unfortunately only peaked at number 44 in the UK pop charts upon its release. But it's, and you're right, it's such an amazing song with such a, a great hook. This very vivid portrayal of a summer at the English seashore with the motorboats racing upon the water and the family caravans rvs to us yanks very much part of the fabric of an english summer glenn said of this in the book song by song that the section at the end of the chorus is definitely influenced by the band the tubes um, even though the song is quite straightforward the chorus adds a little twist um, this was at a time when the band worked together on our arrangements Everyone was chipping in with suggestions and almost all the liveliness and invention on RG Bargy came from having that approach. Steve, they were three albums in at this point, and this was a band that was really firing creatively. You had this amazingly strong lineup of different Tilbrook, John Bentley on bass, Holland on keyboards, and Gilson Lavis on drums. And it's really hard to understate, overstate, pardon me, the importance of Gilson Lavis as kind of the engine room of Squeeze. He drummed with such finesse and with such power that a lot of his drum parts became definitional to the songs as well. Gilson fit in perfectly, and I'm glad that you mentioned him because I always felt like his drums were just a seamless fit in that band and worked so well with the songs. And by the way, Besides being such a catchy tune, this song really boasts one of the best Chris Difford lyric compositions. That's wonderful when you take it on the surface, but then when you dive down into the beautiful complexity of it, getting into William Tell and Maid Marian and the symbolism that some might argue is about hitting the mark, it's really mind-blowing. They say that the best songwriters are storytellers, and Differ's lyrics in this song are on an unmatched level. 
I mean, Steve, listen to this just for a second. They do it down on Camber Sands. They do it at Waikiki, lazing around the beach, beach all day at night. The cricket's creepy. Squinting faces at the sky, a Harold Robbins paperback. Servers drop their boards and dry, and everybody wants a hat. And then you're into the chorus. And right there, in, in just a few couplets, you're there. You feel the sun. You feel the sting of the salt in your eyes. You can probably feel the wind in your hair. Masterful. Masterful composition. This track really illustrates how Difford reigns supreme as Pop's musical poet. And in my opinion, maybe Neil Finn comes close. But Difford is always the most expensive bottle in the wine cellar. You know, what's funny is that I always thought that Squeeze could never do a greatest hits tour because all their songs are great hits. If you watch different concerts on YouTube from over the years, you might wonder why they're doing a huge classic song towards the beginning of the set that most fans would have saved till the end of the show. But then you get to the end of the concert and they're still going out big. It's just a band that's really blessed to have so many top notch songs that people connect to, love, and adore. I've seen them probably a dozen times uh, over the years, and they do dispense surprisingly with some of the so-called heavy hitters early on, then sprinkling in old chestnuts that you know really wow the uh, the hardcore fans. But it is difficult to find a more consistent and more consistently good live act um, than Squeeze through its many permutations over the years. They just have a talent for assembling top-notch musicians. And I want to mention, they have a really good live band now. There's a concert that I watch on YouTube from 2021 from Connecticut mm-hmm. that I play a lot. And that band is just kicking. They found a good group of guys to, to go out with right now. Absolutely. So who's your second pick? All right, Steve, for number two, I'm going to flash forward in the band's history. We've talked about this one on the podcast before. It's She Doesn't Have to Shave from 1989's Frank LP. Pound for Pound, probably one of my favorite songs in the Squeeze catalog. Apparently also one that Glenn Kilbert is, is, has mixed emotions on, writing in, uh, in song by song that he finds it a bit sort of pandering if you read the lyric you know cry as much as you like i'll do the dishes oh sit down love don't worry about it everything will be fine be hard pressed i think steve to find a song as unlikely as she doesn't have to shave which is the story of of a man dealing with his female companion's time of the month and some of the challenges that that puts up and trying to tend to her and and be a supportive partner it isn't as unlikely a lyric as you're going to find but again this is one that chris different handles with such style and such panache and tilbert puts uh, as always it's um, a really great melody behind it and a really great guitar solo right in the middle of the song this this was a uh, I have a sentimental soft spot for this one as well. I mean, this was my reintroduction to the uh, to the band after being away from them for uh, for some years. I I had just come back from uh, from England and was living in living in the dorms, um, and a young lady who lived up the hall from me found that I was a Squeeze fan, that she was a Squeeze fan. She said, "Have you heard any of the recent stuff?" I said, "I had not." So she came down with a, armed with a cassette. This song was on it. Uh, Love Circles, also from Frank, was on it. Slaughtered, Gutted, and Heartbroken from Frank also was on it. And I had that cassette for years and years and years. This woman went on to be- become rather one of my very best friends in the world. She was the best woman at my wedding. 30-some-odd years later, we are friends to this day. So, uh, Kari Childs, thank you very much for intro- reintroducing me to Squeeze and making sure that these songs stay wedged sideways in my heart. Beautiful. All right, you're number three. Okay, so call me a shallow guy, Mysick, but I'm going A-sides today. 
I'm going with one of my other favorite squeeze songs, Another Nail in My Heart. So that four bar intro starts and you could hear something's brewing in the music. And then the song kicks right in full force. It's a very up-tempo track driven by Glenn's muted guitar and Jules' organ lines into that pre-chorus with the one-two hits on the cymbals. And then comes in that infectious pop hook, which actually makes you involuntarily start twisting and shaking. And I think if you watch the video, you can actually see some of the guys twisting and shaking while that chorus is being played towards the end. The guitar solo in the song, right after the first verse. Right, it's, it's oddly placed. And normally in a pop song, the guitar solo happens towards the end, like after the second chorus doubles. There's always like a pretty well-defined spot for the guitar solo in pop music. But Glenn puts it right after the first chorus. And I think the reason he does that is because it's such a phenomenal guitar solo. One of the best guitar solos in pop music. It was in the New Wave podcast that we did where I rattled off a bunch of different guitar solos that I thought were some of the best of the 80s. And this is actually right up there. And this is the guitar solo, when I saw the video, made me realize that it's Glenn who does all the guitar work. You know, normally a singer will just strap on a guitar and strum along and then they have a guitar player doing all like the technical stuff. And when I saw this video, I was like, oh my God, it's Glenn. It's him who's the guitar player. He does. So with Tilbrook, you actually got a triple threat of singer, songwriter, and lead guitarist. Tilbrook and Difford, powerhouse duel. You know, again, I, I reflect back on having seen the band live for over a number of years and will say that Glenn Tilbrook may be one of the most underrated lead guitar players in pop music. I, he can shred a solo. He can play complicated lines and sing at the same time. Um, and remain in tune and apparently in breath as well. It's, it's really extraordinary to watch. What's neat about this song, Toosty, we've talked about marimbas through this right. podcast before. That lead guitar line on the opening is doubled with a marimba that was put in there at the suggestion of bassist John Bentley. The story goes that they were in the studio one day and Bentley just looked at Tilburg and said, hey, you know, that would sound a lot better doubled with uh, with the marimba. And Tilburg just kind of kind of looked at him and didn't say anything. And then the next day when John Bentley came in for work, sure enough, the lead guitar line on the opening had been doubled with the marimba and has given that song that indelible hook that we uh, all know and love on the open. I think we're starting to find in these podcasts that the marimba is sort of like the unsung hero of 80s music. Yes. What's your number three, Mysik? All right, I'm going to go with the uh, title track of 1993's Some Fantastic Place LP. Some Fantastic Place. Uh, it's the third single released from the band's 10th album. Only peaked at number 73 in the UK's singles chart, but it is a song that is very near and dear uh, to the band's heart. It's a tribute to a woman called Maxine Barker, a longtime friend of the band who had been first responsible for introducing young Glenn Tilbrook to young Chris Difford in South London in the early 1970s. Uh, Ms. Barker died of leukemia in uh, 1992. Tilbrook says the song just wrote itself, came together in about 10 minutes. And Steve, we all know those moments of magic when you've worked on records, I've worked on records where songs just, ma it just incredibly seem to come together. What's really extraordinary about this song, is it starts out with just Glenn 
on acoustic singing for a couple of verses then builds and and there's drums and bass and, and paul carrick's very lovely piano that comes in there's then this key change and there's this amazing sort of gospel chorus gang vocal that takes the band out through the end of the song and it's just a really beautiful tribute from end to end for a dear and departed friend and for those of us who ever lost anybody i think we can feel the uh, authenticity of, of the sentiment in there and it is a song that has stuck with me for low these many years and i have to tell you it is a beautiful song and beautiful songs like this are really a nice juxtaposition that rounds out their catalog of songs you got some really great Hammond B3 organ work on this from uh, from Paul Carrick, who'd returned to the band for this album. His piano playing and his organ work on that LP um, are worth the price of admission by itself. It's really It was just a nice touch to have him back in the fold there. And speaking of Paul Carrick, Mysick. Your number four song. I'm going into it. Call Me Shallow again, but I'm going with Tempted, 1981's East Side Story. Probably the most popular commercially among all the squeeze songs. And although I love this song, I always go back and forth in my head on the different pros and cons for this one. I was always glad that they let Paul Carrick sing this song, right? You and I have been Paul Carrick fans from way back, back in the 70s when he did Ace, and in the mid 80s when he was with Mike and Mechanics, and Don't Shed a Tear for Me. And what was that beautiful song you always liked from him? You, sent me a few times that be i need you off of 1982's suburban voodoo lp we were fans throughout his whole career and and i was genuinely happy when he joined squeeze and he sang this one but the con of that was that we'd never get a chance to hear what a glenn tilbrook vocal would sound like but the pro was because glenn didn't sing it we got that fantastic second verse which is the best second verse of all of pop music I mean, the first time I heard that, them all trading lines, I'm like, this is phenomenal. I loved it. One of my favorite lyrics of all time in the song, so clever, loved it since I was a kid. I fumble for the clock, alarmed by her seduction. This is beautiful. He wishes that it would stop. Chris Difford, you're a genius, a poet, and you've made so many of our lives so much better through your lyrics and your music. Wonderful. That lead vocal from Carrick actually came at the suggestion of the album's producer, this fella named Elvis Costello, who I think listeners may have heard of. Glenn Tilbert admitted to having his ego bruised at the time, but since came around on it because, after all, the song was a success and has continued to, uh, to pay royalties low these many years later. Again, if, you, uh, if you're if you lucky enough to see Squeeze live or watch them on the YouTubes, Tilbert now handles lead vocal chores on this song. So while we were robbed right. of a recording version on the east side story there have been many many opportunities to hear glenn tilbrick voice this song down the years and he i will say turns in just as lovely a uh, a vocal as uh, as paul carrick ever did although this is the one that will be stuck in the record for the until the end of time i i know i know and it's great to hear him sing it live and i saw glenn on the transatlantic ping pong tour back in 2004 2005 and he was standing right outside, just hanging out. And my wife spotted him. So we went up and we talked to him. And, you know, when these things happen, like everything that you've ever thought you wanted to ask a musician that you love just goes out the window. And I forgot to ask him the burning question inside me. Why did you let Carrick sing this song? You know, it was 
was because, you know, it was like an introduction to the band. Hey, welcome to the band. Yeah, sing this hit song. It'll be great for you. And thank God we have Wikipedia now because I was able to learn a few years ago. It was Elvis Costello's recommendation. And it always bugged me, by the way, that Carrick's playing an organ on the song, but in the video, he's actually playing like a Prophet 5 sequential circuits synthesizer, which is, you know, nowhere near the organ. You can't produce that kind of organ sound. You're, you're, so, such, you're, such, a pure, you're such a purist about these things. I like, just, every pure. time I see it, it bugs me. It's, you know, it's so obvious. Anyway, I, you know, I've had occasion to interview Tilburg and, and both Difford and Tilburg a few times down the years. And I will say they are charming interviews and uh, wonderful rock on tours uh, filled with stories and have always been very gracious uh, with their time with music journalists. All right, my number four. Um, I'm staying again in um, uh, later period squeeze. Walk a straight line off of 1991's Play LP. It was their only release on Reprise Records. It's the first LP in the squeeze discography, rather, to feature only four official members instead of the usual five. Uh, Steve Naive, um, the keyboard player in Elvis Costello and the Attractions, took on a lot of the keyboard duties on this LP. And for my money, Steve, this is is probably one of the best LPs in Squeeze's already very distinguished catalog. There's a maturity to the songwriting here, a band that knew what it was and knew what it was doing, perhaps not as commercially successful as some of their other offerings, but one, again, that I think is one of probably one of my very favorite Squeeze albums. And this is one of my very favorite songs on there. Uh, Chris Difford said he wrote the song about his life as an alcoholic trying to walk a straight line, trying to be in a relationship and walking a straight line. I've always viewed it as as more universal of, of the challenges of being in a long-term relationship, the challenges of being in a marriage. There's this great couplet at the end. Um, so if love needs help and if love needs time, give love the strength to walk a straight line. The yearning in that lyric there and the vocal duet between Difford and Tilbrook, uh, it brings me to my knees every single time. There's some fantastic accordion work in there as well by Bruce Hornsby. You know, this is a song that Glenn Tilbrook said he intended to be poppier than in the recorded version, but Tony Berg, the producer on the album, convinced him to strip things back. And in that stripping back and in that minimalism in the song, I think you have something that is a lot more enduring. If they had, you know, instead of having to, to gussy it up, they really just let the song speak for itself and, and breathe wonderfully. And that's really interesting because to me, this doesn't really sound much like a squeeze song. It, it almost sort of mirrors what Crowded House was doing in the early 90s. I think it's always nice when the accordion makes its appearance. A very nice country style guitar solo from Glenn which he occasionally dabbles in from time to time. You could hear it on his solo records, Transatlantic Ping Pong. And labeled with love off of East Side Story, which is about as country as it gets as well. I, I, was, you know, I was lucky enough to see them a couple of times on the tour behind that album in 1991, once at the Beacon Theater in uh, New York City, and then again on the campus of uh, Fairfield University in Connecticut. And it was at that show that we actually camped out by the tour bus to, uh, to try to meet them afterwards. And I still have the signed CD inlay card that I got all the members of the band to, uh, to sign for me. It was a treat because Don Snow, who had played on Sweets from a Stranger, the home of Black Coffee and Bed, was back touring with them again and he was in the lineup um, there's another touring keyboard player I believe her name was Carol Isaacs who was just lovely and gracious with her time this was a band that was shredding live and there was this fun moment in a song called Sunday Street where 
Chris Difford was playing these stabs on rhythm guitar and I was just grinning like an idiot and happened to look up and catch his eye and he saw me and smiled back at me and I swear to wow. God, I think I just collapsed into a into a pile right then and there. So I have some a melancholy album, but I have some really happy memories associated with it, which is almost always the case when you uh, when you love a band. So true. Steve, number five. All right, so I'm keeping it A-side with Cool for Cats. Such a great song. They named the album after it from 1979. Um, this is an early new wave classic, which is so apparent in the tune of the music and also the visuals as well in the video. I love that Difford sings in his Cockney accent on this one. I love how he worked the Cowboys and Indians into the storyline, then later pivots by saying, to change the mood a little, I've been closing down the pub. One of my favorite lines is, I'm seeing my reflection, I'm looking slightly rough. The cool punk reference in there from the late 70s, I fancy this, I fancy that, I want to be so thrash. And I always thought he spends a little cash. I always thought the line was so hilarious when he says, I said I'll see you later and I'll give her some old chat. Referring to the next day of a one night stand when it's very awkward and you just can't like pick up and leave. So you kind of have to smooth the awkwardness out with a little chit chat. And that line always made me laugh. And I always think about that when, when he sings it. You know, the, the, the funny thing about this one, this one came after Chris Dipper was watching an episode of the English comedy show, The Benny Hill Show, which we all remember watching when um, when we were kids. And he said he turned off the TV and just grabbed his notebook and dashed off 12 verses within um, a few minutes. And he took the name from the song from a Canadian TV show of the same name, Cool for Cats in the 1960s. A funny little story about them playing this on Top of the Pops. Steve, they had to change one line in the song at the demand of the BBC censors. The one they had to drop, unfortunately, was the I'm invited in for coffee and I give the dog a bone. Giving, literally giving the dog a bone, but the BBC got a little skittish about it. Uh, different saying it was, to quote, the BBC at its worst at the time. Um, but this is, you know, again, this is a rare Chris Difford lead vocal where he sings all the way through. I always found those to be um, really special moments. I just love Difford's baritone voice. Such a fun song, such a fun video. Very English, very, very English. All right, so All right. what you got? Number five, for me, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to zip backwards in the band's history. I'm going to go to Piccadilly off of East Side Story. Steve, for me, pound for pound, this is the best record from first era Squeeze. Again, that Elvis Costello production. This is a band that was yeah, right in it. They were honed by touring. Chris Difford was writing these really cinematic lyrics. He's writing almost short story songs. This one about a night out on the town in London. It's, it was just Glenn said the riff for it was inspired by another nail through my heart. The lyric, according to Chris, was written in a pub, The Rose and Crown. And he writes, each verse has a different feel to it. The tom-tom part followed by the stabbing guitar. Uh, it's a very inventive walk through the song and it keeps the listener busy. My favorite lyric comes towards the end. Uh, we escaped in the rain for an Indian curry at the candlelit Taj Mahal. My lips to a napkin as I called for a taxi. The invite of eyes made it tense but relaxed me. My mind took a devious roll. And then at the end, like Adam and Eve, we took a bite on the apple. Loose change in my pocket, it started to rattle. Heart like a gun was just half of the battle. I'm just bang on economic lyrics, putting you right there in the song. And uh, it was it was Chris Dippard's songwriting at its best, I think. It's rare that I personally talk so much about lyrics in these podcasts, but Again, there's so much beauty and complexity behind different words. And 
you know, when you dive in, it's really mind blowing at times. Classic Glenn Tilbrook vocal sound, a really good representation of his voice and his singing style that we've come to love over the years. And you got that fantastic little piano hook from Paul Carrick laid on top as kind of his icing on the cake. So what's the traditional uh, all about 80s music lightning round, Steve? What else, uh, what else you got? I'm going to go with Rose I Said off the Frank album. You could tell the song was totally written around the lyrics, and that's so apparent in the third verse that goes on a bit too long, but it's impossible to cut down because shortening it would inhibit the full story. Different paints such a beautiful, vivid picture of this story in his lyrics. I love the visual of him eating a sandwich and getting slapped in the face with a mouthful of sandwich, and then the bits and pieces of that sandwich flying all over the room. Just phenomenal. It's it's a later squeeze track that has all the elements that we love about them. You can tell there's magic in this song as soon as the intro starts. And I love that the album's called Frank and that it's written on a turtle shell. It's just awesome in every way. You know, Difford actually paid uh, tribute to Glenn Tilbrook's mental uh, agility on this one, saying, quote, on tour, I was always amazed that Glenn could remember every word. It was the same with Melody Motel, which is another song off of the Frank LP. Uh, He said, quote, I wouldn't have been able to remember all those words in a million years because it is just a mouthful of lyrics on that tune. It really, really is. It's a tough one. What about you? You got a lightning song? I got. I have a few here, um, but I think I'm going to go with Love Circles, also off the Frank LP, a Chris Difford lyric, one that my friend Kari introduced me to on that uh, infamous mixtape so many years ago, about the phases of a relationship, Steve. You start out, the first circle comes around, you don't want to leave her side. The last circle comes around, you're making plans to fill your days. You're always wanting to stay out late. You can feel love start to fade. You know, it's, we've all been there through those cycles in a relationship where love ebbs and flows. You have this amazing guitar solo by uh, by Glenn Kilbrook, some really strong drumming from Gilson Lavis. And it's hard to imagine anyone other than um, Chris Difford singing this song because it's just something, again, in that baritone of his that gives the song... Uh, an added dimension Uh, one of again one of my favorites from sort of the later period squeeze you love those introspectively deep squeeze songs they speak to you i love it it's it's the lyricist in me um what can i tell you i'm going with annie get your gun the secret ingredient for me in this song is the big acoustic guitar strum it reminds me of the cure song in between days how that acoustic enters and just hits you in the face i love the lyric don't shoot the singer you're shooting number one the complexity of the lyrics behind this song. If you take the lyrics just on face value, they're fun and they're wonderful and they're carefree. But if you really dive into it, there's a lot going on underneath the hood of those lyrics. Yeah, this is funny. This is the band's, this is the recorded swan song for the first era of the band. Never appeared on LP. It was a single, but remains uh, a live favorite. Uh, Their 1990 concert album, Around and About Live, they really stretch out on this song uh, with some call and response vocals with the audience with a wonderful piano solo from Jules Holland. Some Again, some phenomenal guitar work from Glenn Kilbrick. And I always love that when bands take a song, break its arrangements down to its foundations, and then really stretch out and play it. They're, they're, they're very masterful at bringing the audience uh, along with them. And live, the song is uh, 
is really something special. I got one more on the way out the door. Um, I'm going back to, uh, to the Some Fantastic Place song and Mr. Paul Carrick with a song called Loving You Tonight. Kind of a lyrical bookend almost to, uh, to Tempted. And I just love the imagery here of looking out a, looking out a car window uh, late at night. The moon's glowing blood red in the sky. It hangs like fire on this winter's night. A man returning home to his, uh, to his loved one. And uh, this is a record I had on I think all the time during my first autumn as a young journalist in 1993. So it is um, it is something that I have you know sort of strong sort of sensory and memory associations with. And again, you can't you don't you don't find a more soulful singer I think than uh, Paul Carrick and his voice fit the bill here uh, just perfectly, as did his Hammond B3 playing once again. I'll give you this: is that love? You won't get dressed. You walk about. The better it gets, the more these girls forget that that is love. Beat me up with your letters, your walkout notes. Awesome. Hourglass, my favorite squeeze song. I love everything about the song. I talked about this song in depth on the New Wave episode we did, so I'm not going to get into it. If I didn't love you, I'd hate you. We've all been there before, Mysic. Singles remind me of kisses. Albums remind me of plans. Tonight, it's love by the fire. The wind plays over the coals. Passionate looks on my fancy. But you turn the look into stone. Different. All the way. Steve, Woman's World from East Side Story, a great album closer. Sunday Street, I've talked about this one uh, already. I make no apologies for stealing uh, the band project. Just a, a great song off the uh, play LP. And The Prisoner off of uh, Babylon and on. Great line. She reads the stars and he reads the sun. No wonder his IQ is below 21. Uh, when I found out that that was actually a reference to the Sun tabloid in the UK, I was laughing up my sleeve. Just a great juxtaposition once again by Mr. Chris Stilford. We can't leave this Squeeze podcast without talking about Black Coffee in Bed, one of the greatest Squeeze songs and one of the greatest guitar solos of all time. But that is all the time we have for this week. Uh, thanks for joining us down the, for this walk down uh, memory lane. I'm John. Like, share, subscribe, leave your comments in the comment sections, uh, and we'll be back very, very soon. And this is Steve saying, keep it cool, keep it awesome, and keep it totally rad. <laughs>